The framework of business is completely different in the new normal. To explore culture as the strategy, we have to look in places we haven't before. Looking into company culture from the C-suite to employees and from Fortune 500 to startups. It's time to understand the human side of company culture and the new shape it is taking. This is the conversation on Culture Factor 2.0, and I'm your host, Holly Shannon. Yours truly is a nimble team housed in a boutique hotel. They opened during COVID, the worst time in history, and yet they are making aspects of the hotel work. I know this from the inside out because I live and work here. I moved in on September 4th. My office is basically an extra large living room, also known as their lobby. Yours truly has some very unique spaces for co-working with outdoor access, um, and they have some great spaces for events, and they're doing uh, their level best to uh, carry on all the COVID restrictions necessary and keep everybody safe. There'll be a 10% off for your reservation if you want to come stay here, but let's get started with the team, and this is Culture Factor 2.0 with Yours Truly Hotel, part one. Chris Carlson. Welcome to Culture Factor 2.0. Amazing to be here. Excited. I'm glad you're here. Um, We moved in on September 4th and have been watching this amazing place um, grow, actually, because it's it's been very busy the past couple of months for you guys. Um, One of the things that I really noticed from the beginning um, is that the company culture here is really amazing. And you and I had a conversation earlier on that. The um, secret sauce was diversity here yeah, for you. That's correct. Um, can I ask you to elaborate on that? Sure. Yeah, I think um, sometimes people draw lines of diversity of like race, color, sex, religion. It's not really necessarily for me that that's not the true catalyst. I think it's more the mentality of the individuals that are there. Um, while those things are obviously very important to make sure you know we're very respectful and as a as a culture where we look out for those and understand them um, but for me it's always been the mentality of the individuals going into the job and into the position and adding to to what they're going to bring to the table right and so what i what i really really love about this team and you're 100 percent right we nailed lightning in a bottle with this team like this does not happen all the time it doesn't happen every day it hasn't happened often in my career for sure but we definitely got it here and i think uh, it was very lucky just to see what everybody would continue day in, day out and bring. Um, and from Julia and sales and marketing to Cindy and Revan, Jen and Nick and, uh, and Max and the team and the operations, it's just, uh, I, I think every day they help us listen. And that's what it is, is when somebody's speaking and somebody's talking through it, you're opening up to listening and hearing what they say. And I think that's something that in 2020, I think we've all learned too is I think during all of this that was happening, every more, most people are taking a step back and listening more often than they had before. And I think we're still not there yet. I think as a, as a country, we can do more listening, but as a, as a hotel here and as an operation and as a team, I'm really proud of the team and what they do to us day in, day out. And that's really, that's what I mean diversity. It's more of a mentality mindset of it and then uh, and a listening skill set that's happening. So. Um, it just happens that, you know, DC to me though, too, helps with that, right? DC can be a very big melting pot of many different things, many different, um, aspects of people and where they're from and where they, um, what they've been about. I mean, it's, it's random to think, um, to think that, that really, that, that, uh, I think diversity is always 
one of the hotter topics of the world, um, but when collectively done well, ends up being one of the best tranquil moments of, you know, of what can be, what, what we can achieve as a, as a homo sapiens, as people, right? I think when you really put everybody together and put them in and bring their different aspects, I think that's when we finally get to hopefully the best we can be, and that's what we're seeing here, right? So and we, when we launched in mid, the middle of May, to your point, you, you've gotten to see us in some major evolutionary steps, uh, but launching in the middle of the beginning of May to what we are today as a, as a team and as, a, as an operation, I think, I, I love it. It's so much fun. Like, you know, every weekend is different. You, you've sat through it. I mean, you know, one week, DC has, a, has a many forms and many faces. This weekend was totally different than the weekend before. You know, people celebrating with champagne on the steps two weekends ago to this weekend, you know, having some potential civil unrest, you know, we all adapt and change to where it's at, but, I, but I'm proud of DC and what they do to make sure that um, that they represent what stands for as our national cap, nation's capital. And again, I, it's a beaming kind of thought process where it would be uh, as a country if, if we could just all unite together. I think how the team would be headed here. So I hope so. That is very eloquently said. I really like that a lot. Um, I, I almost wish we ended with that because uh, now I need to go back in time because of some of the interviews I've had with some of your staff. Um, it's interesting to me that you were obviously even more of a skeleton staff before. Um, you know, you've had to beef up personnel um, sure. because you've gotten busier, but, you know, leading wherever you are um, as the GM of the hotel, you wouldn't often hear that that person was actually cleaning the rooms and parking the cars and bussing a table. So, um, you know, uh, as I said earlier with uh, Julia, um, that there does not seem to be any task too big or too small or above or below anybody here, which is um, what you could only hope for in hospitality because you have to be able to wear many hats because everything's in the moment, right? And if that table needs to be clear, it needs to be clear. If that car needs to be parked because another one can't get in. But um, that's also uh, leading by example. So um, had you been taught that or was that just something that came natural to you or something that you wanted to trickle down? Uh, I, I would say I have been taught and there's a combination of both, right? Mm -hmm. I've been very lucky through my life and my career. I have a lot of uh, amazing mentors um, that have started me at a young age, start with my dad, leading to my grandfather and to my uncle uh, on my mom's side. You know, I grew up in the hospitality industry. I mean, at 10 years old, I was with my grandfather on the lake. We were fixing boat lifts and piers, and then we come out and open up a bar and I know my, my, favorite thing was to throw in the ice in the ice bin, right? And to, you know, crush a couple cans for grandpa, right? <laughs> it was like, great, because I hung out with grandpa, right? Mm -hmm. That the reason why we crush the cans, you crush the can because you make them smaller, use less bags, <laughs> less waste, less cost. Mm. Um, and he made it fun for us, right? And of course we played, you know, we played darts and do things like that. And I'd fish on the lake. And so there was always many, there was things that weren't just work driven, right? There was truthfully inspiring grandfather and grandson moments. Um, but what that did is it helped, me learn the basics and why these things are important, right? And um, so that's always been my mentality. And I, I, like I said, I, I owe my family to that and to their their original guidance of that. And I think we, you know, I, I do want that to be something that everybody does understand here that 
I think every little piece is important. And if there's something we can do to help a guest, we do whatever we can in our nature to do it within reason, right? And things that you mentioned, busing tables and cleaning rooms and parking cars, that's more than within reason, right? That's mm-hmm. expectation, right? Mm-hmm. Those are those are things as a guest walking in the doors, you expect those things to happen, right? Mm-hmm. What truthfully inspires me is when the thing that's, that people do something that they weren't expected, right? Um, when we find out a birthday, right? When we find out, even go deeper and find out that their favorite their favorite uh, candy is Skittles, right? And getting <laughs> Skittles to the room, right? Those things like that are honestly what, what, I, what we as a team, we want to move beyond the expectations and move to that point, get to that point where that's the normal is to exceed, really be competitive and kind of exceed each other and push each other to do things that are above and beyond. So um, that's the next phase for us, I think. So, but yeah, it's, I mean, I think it's fun. I, personally, cleaning the tables and busting the tables, that's, that's the energy. That's where, that's, that, that brings me back to my 15 year old days. And, 15 year old <laughs> days. and you know, doing spreadsheets and looking at PL financials, truthfully, that's not, that's inspiring and fun in another way. Um, but the day to day, like joy of being around people and interaction, I mean, that's what I think, that's what I think really makes us all tick in this industry. And that's the great thing about this industry in general. We have more extroverts in this industry than most other industries, I think. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So the extroverts in us, um, we have a time to kind of go out and shine when this is our time. Well, it's it's uh, it's easy to have energy out on the floor when there's a lot happening, 100%. and with uh, the numbers suffering for anybody in tourism, probably looking at a PNL is a little depressing. Fair, <laughs> fair hard point. to find the fun in that at the moment. Fair but um, I want to just dial back to something you said about um, the off times with your grandfather, because I think yeah. that's really interesting that you worked hard together, but he also taught you to. Um, play and be in the moment is that something that um because obviously i'm seeing things a little differently from where i sit um is this something that you're able to do with your staff in any way or to give to them if during this time of covid you can't come together as a team yep yeah i mean we still do the one thing i'm very proud of my team of pushing forward to the things that we knew needed that continue to happen whether it's the associates of the months the show we call it shining star here um, those things would continue to happen. But what I'm really proud of is the things that you don't always expect to happen. I know you're going to talk to Max in a little bit. And so, for example, Max yesterday, to have fun about the day yesterday, he did a, a prices right guessing game on where we were at with sales for the day with his team. And uh, it was awesome because they all guessed the number in the winter. We gave him a year's truly rope, right? So, oh, that's so great. Yeah. <laughs> so, just little things like that that I think yeah. you have to do that. You have to celebrate the wins when you have them. Like, there's no question, while we would like to do some of the bigger things and the bigger wows that we did in the past, I, I, I that's not all, it's, I, I really never thought that those were that big of an impact in drivers anyways. I think those were more for show and more for checking it off the list. I think the daily taking care of people and daily engaging in the fun, like the darts that my grandfather and I did, or the, a lot of the fishing and getting a fish and him teaching me something that's off the it's something that's different and learning people learning about people and learning about what makes them tick is I, I truthfully into as an individual is way more important yeah so i mean Definitely. you know even well just before coming down you know we had delina and trinity who's two of our associates that work at the cafe and at the restaurant specifically but just chatting with them a little bit about their their uh, projects that they're working on right now actually shows them that we care mm-hmm. right like it very much could easily just like hey good to see you have fun you know have fun in school right but 
have a, a one minute conversation with them about their about their project and letting them talk about it again it's that listening piece and I think knowing the people and who they are and uh, is is critical and I, I that it was very interesting because as you brought up my grandfather the more I think about it like I even on a bigger operation because this is a for me, this is like a medium-sized operation, but when I worked for Norwegian Cruise Lines, I thought it was always important to get to know everybody's name. And here we had like 550 associates and food and beverage. And um, hmm. I, I, I always wanted to say the person's name just so I could remember their name. And because I knew that it was a big deal to them when the food and beverage director or the hotel director or whoever would come around and just say their name, mm -hmm. right? With, with a big place like that. So simple things like that, I think huge operations can understand that too. And I hope they do. The good ones do because that's that, that truthfully makes people feel special. It's weird as it is just to hear the by their name being called it. And I know you knew that as a guest too. Mm -hmm. I know as soon as you met everybody here and everybody knew Holly and Bill right away, like you knew, okay, these people care, right? Mm -hmm. There's plenty of hotels you could go to and they won't remember your name within a week or two weeks, right? Mm -hmm. So just those are just the small things I think that, that really make a big difference all the time. Well, I think it's um, permeating the, the company culture that way you know what yeah. i mean that Agreed. you want to get to know people i think that the sitting down with somebody like trinity or emma or, or somebody and talking to them about school and a project they're working on um max playing the prices right yeah. those are all um those come natural to everybody and i think it's um kudos to you all because i think that is just healthy company culture because you're just being human yep. and giving a crap about what happens yeah. to the person who works for you. I think some of those big awards, although I understand why you do them, yep. um, they can be more for optics at some companies. I'm not that. saying that's the case here, but I think a lot of people, you know, they'll post on LinkedIn, you know, this person sure. won whatever award. Um, and so they make it, they build company culture by doing that big splashy moment. Yep. But company culture lives and hides in a lot of other places. And I think one of the things also, um, and, and this is probably my segue into saying that um, I see a lot of people at this company that I don't know what their title is. Yeah. I have no clue. And I think that that is amazing yeah. because yeah. somehow this executive team truly has blurred that line you have allowed leadership to emerge yep. at all different levels and for people to behave as leaders and make decisions and present, you know, the director or the GM with a problem or something and not be afraid to approach you. Yep. How did you do that? Like, that's amazing. Well, I, I mean, it's, again, talking and listening, just one, and I'll give, I'll give COVID a, a prop on this one. That did, that helped push it forward, to be honest. Um, when we did skeleton down to the team that we were at for a short time, that team definitely got stronger together. Like what was three months was like three years of work. I mean, it was so, it was such a In big COVID deal. time, right? hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, the, and it, it you, some of that, you get that quicker when I think people come slightly more vulnerable, right? When there's a level of vulnerability that you hit, I think when you get to that point with other people, there becomes a trust factor usually that, that is inherently given. Um, and I think. We knew each other well enough going into COVID that when the vulnerability did hit, I think everybody rallied around each other and continued to support and give that 110% there. I do think we were good before with that. I think we got great at it during COVID. Um, and then 
what you talked about before is you had to ramp up, right? Well, the cool part about ramping up was we were able to do it like methodically mm-hmm. and bring it on like five people here, five people there and take our time. So that way that who we were bringing in had the time and the ability to embrace the culture, right? And embrace the team that we had and understand where, where it was to be. And actually we hit a point, I think, where we're probably in July where everybody we were bringing on board was actually mostly a referral from somebody that was on our team. Mm. Which is really cool. That was that. the next question I was going to ask. Yeah. How did you hire in and maintain the um, the beauty that you had already created? Yeah. Like, how did you do that? Yeah. You know? But that makes sense. Just hiring people that we, we, we were comfortable with and wanted to be around because it was stuff. It's really interesting that I, we think he was going to bring bring the energy that that, um, that would make sense with our team. So. Mm-hmm. And you have a really interesting food and beverage team and yeah. a very – um, almost like eclectic menu with funky drinks yeah, and everything. Definitely. And definitely. I remember talking to um, one of your team members, one of your servers the other day, that because you introduced a new menu, they actually, you did a, an intensive, yep. like a two-hour lesson where you really walked through all of the different meals yep. and everybody tasted everything. And, you know, from my hospitality days when a new menu item was being rolled out, I would get a quick test of it, you know, at a family sure. meal or whatever, they'd put something out and say, Hey, try yeah. it. Or, you know, the chef would, would ask my opinion, but you know, the fact that you did like an intense workshop on it so that they could understand all the elements yeah. and the, maybe the history and culture in the foods. Cause you, you have sort of that Big time. Yeah, yeah, the flair, the Southern, I'm sorry. I don't, Sort of South American. Sort of South American. <laughs> I wanted to make sure I said it right. I was already ruining it. So it's interesting that um, your servers are able to really carry Definitely. that description meaningfully. Well, it, it, and to be honest with you, our, our MO and our culture, we taught, we gave them us, we gave them thousands of things to think about. Are they going to remember all a thousand things? Absolutely not. It's impossible. But what we wanted to do is hit the triggers that each one of them have something that was more meaningful and impactful to them, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And every one of our, honestly, especially the servers across the board, they are so much different and unique. So they're, whether it's the food styles, the preferences, the way they want their steak cooked, I mean, they're all so much different. So we want them to bring their personality, right? The chef gave her definition of what it is and why, why she paired them and what she did to create them. Micah did everything on the beverage side of things. Um, and then Justin kind of did the details on the service piece of things. But ultimately, I think the key message that they all gave too was remember the things that you know are going to be the, the helpful things to the guest, right? She is, right? She is like a scientist as well as a chef, which is exciting. That's so. cool. But I think that training is really great because yes. I think um, if – a server, if any part of it resonates with them, that's what they're going to share with the guests. And that's all that matters, right? Like this amazing Romanesco sauce. I just have to tell you, I had it on the Brussels sprouts and it was so great. I think you should order that. That's almost all I need to hear. Yep. Yep. (laughs) The rest doesn't matter, right? And and what you said is exactly what I was saying is like, and I agree with, it's what resonated with them is going to come out to that guest. So. And uh, so one of the the last things I'd like to touch on just quickly is that um, part of the company culture, I think, here is the sense of community. And, um, you know, Justin had um, made a little comment earlier, and I didn't dive into it with him, but I'm going to dive into it with you, in that um, 
the community is rooted in yours truly, like with example, the food and beverage, like Micah and um, has two other restaurants in the community. Sure. He's uh, well-regarded. Yep. Uh, he's very creative. Um, I think it's very interesting that you worked with a chef and somebody in the, the beverage side that were already doing things in yeah. the community. One might say, well, if they've got their own projects, their own passion projects, if they're entrepreneurs with other businesses, why would you bring them in? Yeah. So tell me, why would you bring them in? That's really great. I mean, <laughs> um, I think it's a, it's a really, it's a slick move. I think it's really great. I agree. Um, and you know what? It, it didn't come without thought and pros and cons coming into it. Um, you outlined the pros, I think, very, very well. I think the, the cons, the cons were so insequential compared mm-hmm. to the pros in us that, and it was always this, you know, the, the true reason why we love this location, regardless, yours truly and Mercy Me, was that it wasn't, there was, this is a hub of a community regardless. Mm-hmm. I mean, I lived on 21st and N for years, and I lived around here, and there truthfully was so many people around here, but nothing to do, right? Mm-hmm. And there was nothing, and everything that's around here is very corporate, like all corporate and they're good. There's some good things, but all very, very corporate. So the whole reason that we like this space and this place, and when we started to, because when we took it over, we did not know it was going to be yours truly and mercy me. Like January 2018, it was we're gonna we need some time. We need about a year to continue to develop within the community to see what it does need to be and what what makes more sense. And from that, the design and the creation of the brands of yours truly mercy me started to get inspired the designs not even see the brand of the name yet but the designs and kind of the blueprint and the the, the the i should say the baseline of what we thought we wanted which was the neighborhood hub because mm-hmm. um, that's where it all comes from neighborhood hub is truthfully what we, we, we all resonate with that everybody ownership us uh people that were kirk and the people that started with us in the beginning and then from neighborhood hub that's when mercy me and yours truly came out partnering with andrew dana and daniel moira and Finding Micah and Chef, and then yours truly, and it being something about yourself and how it could be personal. Th- those are the things that came through. And I mean, when you're a, when you want to be successful in something that lasts for a long time, you have to you 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 want it to be ingrained in the, the culture that's around the, the city and around the neighborhood specifically. And mm-hmm. West End, I remember having conversations with Julia about the West End and like. Do we want to call something with West End? And we want this to be like West End Beacon. But everybody knows West End. They all know DuPont. They know Foggy Bottom. They don't know, they know Georgetown. But who knows West End? And we're like, we, we don't care. We want it to be, we want to be the neighborhood of West End. Right? Mm-hmm. We want West End to start to have its own name, its, its own different feel to it. So it, it, it's, uh, yeah, I, I think having people that like to do other things is great because they're going to bring those outside influence, outside influences in and bring them onto where it starts. I mean, we had a great example from our talk about fitness, our trainer, Eric McAdams. Um, he's been a personal trainer his, his, uh, for years and years and years here at the DC. Beautiful kid. Mr. Wiggles is the kid's name. Um, <laughs> and he's been doing personal training in different places. So when we found him, um, I was like, wow, this guy's just, his energy is perfect for us. Like, it's exactly what we want, exactly what we need brought him in and we're like, Hey, and really truthfully, I was like, Hey, what do you think about designing the gym together? Like, I'm like, we can hire you to be our personal trainer here or our hotel trainer, but man, why not be part of the process and part of the actual creating of the gym? 
You're like, well, I've never done that before. It's like, so what? I was yeah. like, you're doing you're I said, you're doing more stuff on the day to day with that. Why wouldn't we create gyms? And so we did. We did the gym together. That's where the gym came. And then now since then, he's actually building his own gym. Wow. So Isn't I was cool. Uh, so cool. And I'm so happy to like have been there with him on his first one, right? Because I feel like this guy's gonna build like 10, 15, 20 gyms in the near future. That's so um, cool. Yeah. So that's but that's about being that, you know, he's already He's already off springing into his next step in more of his careers. But we got lucky. We were the beneficiary of a beautiful gym. Right, right. right. And a person that's going to create workouts for us and be our personal trainer forever. Ten years from now, Eric McAdams will always be, this was the place where he got his start with the gyms. So that's we're so cool. the number one. So, yeah. I mean, I think that you, you have to take those risks on people. If you think that when you meet them and you sit down with them, you spend some time and get to know them, and you're like, this is a quality, quality individual who can be a true inspirer and a leader of our team. So. Well, I think it's really great when you can see that they can bring value to maybe even an area they never did before. Um, And then they realize that they might be able to do even more. more. Um, I love um, the idea of supporting passion projects. Um, It's something we talk about on the show. Um, We've we've had people um, where we specifically talk about that and that allowing people who work for you to focus on things that they're passionate about um, and also to build their own brand, you know, to um, it, it actually feeds the success of your business. It does not take them away. It feeds it because now they start to flourish in whatever area they wanted to. You gave them the ability, the autonomy to do that. You didn't hold them back. And now they start, it almost cross pollinates. They bring people to you that you never, anticipated um or you just get to watch them springboard into other projects and you just know it happened here like with with the gym you know well and and a great example with eric he brought us mimi greer who does our yoga oh she's great she's amazing i've I've taken her class class i couldn't handle it it was so good (laughs) it was a little above me exactly but look at what she's brought now her yoga community she brings she's awesome yeah they have coffee in the cafe or they just hang out or whatever it is and they brought us now, we have another one coming with Elise Branner, who's, uh, she's one of the event managers for Pacers Run Club. Mm-hmm. So Pacers is doing their first event with us this week. They have three events over the next month with us. Nice. Um, and she's also in charge of uh, Women Who Whiskey. So they're coming to spending time in the bar. So it's just like, there's just things that- Can point. I join that? <laughs> you should join that. You will join that. You absolutely will join that. So no question. It's, it's going to be a fun event. I guess they do. They go around. She told me, and she's super passionate about it. It's amazing that I love to meet somebody who's a runner, who's hardcore to, to that, who's also like whiskey. Exactly. Right, that's, right, right, right. That's not always the same, right? So uh, kind of reminds me of that's why I guess that's me. Like I like the same things, right? So it's fun to see that. We all we all have our our thing. I'm the podcaster who likes bourbon. No one gets <laughs> not not enough. To, uh, I need to be like running marathons and liking bourbon or something. Right? Has to be a bigger. Do you like bourbon? I do. I like bourbon a lot. Be ready. We're going to do a gingerbread building uh, situation as well with nice. Angel's Envy Bourbon. So nice, that's nice. Out in a couple weeks, so. Uh, I have to introduce you to my favorite bourbon. Um, I need to order that and get that here for What's you. That? Uh, Litchfield Distillery. Okay, yeah. uh, it's actually these really great guys that I that I also interviewed. Um, nice. They used to be they used to run Crystal Rock Water. Yep. 
Um, and now they use that, they sold that business, but they use the water for their bourbon Perfect. and they use all local grain and, um, they make some pretty amazing bourbon and they actually have just gotten into making cigars, which I think is sort of interesting. Beautiful. Well, I mean, they go together great. Yeah. A good bourbon and a good cigar go together well. That's sick. My brother's a huge cigar nut, so I'm excited to have a couple of them over Christmas break, so. Nice, yeah. nice. Well, we'll have to, I'll have to reach out to uh, the Baker Brothers at Literal Distillery nice. and see if we can get some stuff here at yours like truly it. for you to try. And right. We're down. Fun. We're always down for fun, good, fun <laughs> stuff with good people, for sure. Excellent. Well, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and letting, um, you know, your team members come and talk to me as well, because this has been such a great experience for us. And I wanted the world to hear about <laughs> how wonderful you guys all were. As small as my little world is here on Culture Factor, but we're growing. So. You are, and you're part of our, you're part of our family and team, Ollie. You know that. Thanks. You, Bill, and Riley have uh, been all part of the team, so. I think our Riley's been more than us, but you know, that's okay. Well, no judgment. I, mean, I, thought it, I thought it was amazing that Riley made the appearance last week at staff meeting and literally <laughs> said hi to every single manager um, and, and totally knew which manager that Riley hadn't said hi to, right? Like it was amazing. Like it was like, yep, yep. And skipped over some people, but then came back around and said hi. So that was, that was a smart, that's, I mean, obviously Riley's a smart dog. We all know that, but I, it was amazing to see it in that sitting in that environment. So. Yeah, he's a he's a good mascot, and you pay him in these homemade dog biscuits oh, so that your pastry department makes, so he's not suffering. No, it's not all at good. all. Well, mine know that too. They they can smell when I have it in my hands a mile away. It's amazing. <laughs> it worked out well. Camila, Camila did amazing. Actually, Camila was very funny. This is probably a joke, but she, she I don't know if you've met Camila at our, our pastry yeah. shop, but she also obviously has a dog too that she's very passionate about. Um, so her husband came in with the dog on Saturday and they're a great couple. They're such good people. And, uh, he was out there sitting and Justin went back to the tour and was like, Oh, you're, you know, your husband's here. She's like, okay. So she just kept working. She's like, Oh, and your dog's here too. And ran right out. <laughs> she, <laughs> we were teasing her. And teasing we see Justin. the priority there. Yeah, exactly. He, he, he got a kick out of that one. For that sure. is funny. So it was good. So. Fur over fiance or whatever, right? 100%. <laughs> <laughs> that's great well thank you so much for yeah, coming on pleasure. culture factor and uh we will uh get this out on the airwaves and hope you share with your with all your friends we will for sure rock and roll thanks my pleasure so that was chris carlson the gm of yours truly dc and as we get to the conclusion of yours truly hotel part two we are now going to sit down with max who runs the mercy me cafe welcome to Culture Factor 2.0, Max Pena. Hello, thank you. I'm glad you're here with me today. Yes. And um, I brought you on because I've been witnessing, obviously, the great company culture here at Yours Truly. But you manage a unique little corner of the hotel called Mercy Me, which is the most fabulous cafe. Thank you. And I think um, living here, I've been greeted on a daily basis by a very warm and genuine person who makes me the best cappuccino <laughs> with great art. Yes, we try, we try. And always makes me feel really good. And um, I don't think that that's an accident. I think it's the personality that you have. And I think that it permeates through your team because they're all equally genuine and warm so 
maybe you can tell me a little bit of how you put that team together because you're the the manager mm -hmm. of Mercy Meet, right? So the manager of the, the cafe specifically. Um, and I think putting together the team was a little bit of luck, um, a little bit of um, having worked in this industry for a little over a decade um, and just sort of seeing how the human interaction aspect of uh, food and beverage can really make or break a company. Um, and I think I have worked for some phenomenal uh, employers and also some not so phenomenal ones. And so I sort of learned as I went um, and really kind of took notes on like what was good and what was bad and what I was receptive to and um, what other people were receptive to. As we progressed in the growth of the cafe and Mercy Me, um, I think we definitely were looking for people who were open-minded and who were not afraid to ask questions um, and to give feedback. And I think a lot of times, <clears throat> because we there's a certain amount of um, pride in the work that we do, um, sometimes leaders have a tendency to think that their way is the only way and it's the right way. Um, and I've noticed that in my sort of coming up in this industry, um, I really wanted to like stay away from that. So I really wanted to encourage people to have a voice, to push back, to be heard. And that was something that um, I grew from, from my last job um, in the cafe was like, I really felt like I had a voice and here at Mercy Me, the upper leadership team really encourages that as well. So that was, that was definitely something I was looking for when creating the team. I think you've succeeded. Uh, it's just a phenomenal group of people. I mean, I, it does not matter what time of day. It's not even like you could say just, just a part of the team. I could be at seven thirty in the morning standing there ordering my coffee. I could be there at four in the afternoon getting a snack. Everybody seems like they are the manager at that moment in front of you. I think you nailed it earlier in a conversation we had is that uh, to be genuine, right? Mm -hmm. When we can, when we go to restaurants, we go to places, you can tell when people aren't right. When they're just putting on a show, Definitely. how do you, how do you find people that are like really, truly genuine, truly authentic, not just like pretending like. Yeah. I, I think that it really stems from sort of what I said, where it's the way that we create a culture behind the scenes where they have a voice, where they are being heard. Um, and I take them seriously and I treat them like adults and I treat them like they know what they're doing, whether they have the experience or they, it's their first time working in hospitality. And that in itself turns into, is, is translated and trickled down into the guest experience because I treat them like I would treat a person and not like they're my staff, not like they're my employees. And they see that. And so that in turn is reflected to the guests where it's like, treat them like a person. You don't have to, it's not a transactional experience. Um, and you can't really drill that into someone in training or in like, you know, um, standard operating procedures. That's something that's gotta be, the training in itself has to be genuine. Um, so when I 
when they see me interacting with a guest um, and they see that like, it's okay to laugh with them. It's okay to joke with them. It's okay to engage in such a way. That's like a familiarity of like two people where it's not just, I'm here to serve you your coffee. I am here to give you a muffin and you are here to give me money. It's more like, who are you? Where are you from? What are you doing? Ask questions, engage with the guests. Um, and I take that very seriously. And it's, honestly, it's a lot, I mean, if I can be so frank, it's just a lot easier mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. have fun with the guests than to be sort of like a robot. It's like, no, let's just hang out and get to know each other and see what you're all about and you see what I'm all about. Um, it definitely requires a certain level of vulnerability, you know, from our, from our standpoint. Um, but that in itself, I think also the vulnerability also grows confidence and strength. Um, there is a certain sort of persona that I think follows baristas and cafe staff of being sort of reclusive and maybe slightly introverted. Um, and I think that one of the great things about Mercy Me's Cafe is that we encourage people to really sort of step out of their comfort zone and do things that they themselves didn't think they could do, like interacting with a guest in a very familiar sort of like happy, go lucky, fun way. And I think that in itself really is an attractive element to our staff here where they're, they're normally a little bit more reclusive. And now they're like going out there and being like, Hey, how's it going? Like, how are you? You know, Rob, how's it going? Been a while. Haven't seen you in a while. How are things? Oh yeah. Did you see the game on Sunday? Like whatever. Like, mm -hmm. um, and so like, that's really cool for us to see is like people who are just creating human connections. Yeah. I love that. And I think it's a much needed solve, if you will, because, you know, with COVID, um, people are not having the interactions as much as they would like. You're wearing a mask, so you don't get to see people smile. You don't get to hug somebody. And you kind of feel um, so welcome when you come. You kind of feel like it's a little hug when you look at that cup of coffee and it's just been made special for you. And I think right now, even those, those are small things, that connection that you make to take the time to get to know them and to make their muffin and coffee be a beautiful little presentation for that moment. I think it goes a long way right now. I think people are really struggling. So I, I feel like that's like a little, I don't know, like a little secret about Mercy Me that, you know, you can stand online for a coffee anywhere, but coming to see Max is pretty special and, exactly. and uh, Trinity and, and, and the whole crew, Sarah, all of them. Um, so I, I'm, I don't mean to catch you off guard, but I, I did hear that um, one of the other things that you do with your staff is you try to have some fun with them um, to try and keep a little levity and, you know, in, in the, in the whole makeup of, of how you lead. And so I understand that you played a little game with them oh, yeah. for sales. I think it was prices, right. Or something you want yeah. to tell me about that. Cause I think that sure, that's yeah. such a great way to build a, a strong culture. Definitely. So yeah, I think the, the, the day-to-day -day routines, it's, it can get, um, I think it's important to have a little bit of breakup in the day-to-day -day routine. So when we, are going through our business during the day. We try and create sort of small games to keep everyone interested and engaged. Um, and so yesterday 
we had a pretty busy day. So I went around and I was like, okay, guys. And I always like to hype them up, right? Like, I'm just like, I just want to be that ball of energy for them constantly. Um, So go around and start hyping people up. It was right after a a pretty big rush. And um, everyone was kind of like cleaning and like restocking and kind of like, okay, like, whoo, that was crazy. Like, let's get back into it. Get ready for the next push. And I was like, okay, guys, so like, let's figure out who can guess what our sales are at right now um, and just pick a number. And uh, one of the baristas said, okay, we're going to do, uh, I'm going to do prices, right? Rules. Right. And I was like, sure. Yeah, absolutely. And so she picked one, which I was like, that's probably going to be wrong, but I love it. Um, <laughs> and then everyone else started guessing and there was like five of us on the floor at the time and everyone guessed a number. And then I went to the back and checked the numbers and one of our actual newer um, employees, she got it right. Um, she was like off by like $44, which is really impressive. Um, and so we gave her a yours truly bathrobe to take home and she was just so happy about it. She was so stoked. She was very much like, you know, it was just, it was lighthearted and fun, not serious. I think sometimes when we get really, really busy, people can start getting kind of like tunnel vision. And so, it's sort of my job to kind of yank them out of that and like be like, okay, like we can have fun with this. It doesn't have to be so serious all the time. We're trying to uphold a standard of hospitality. We're trying to hold, um, you know, a standard of mercy me, um, which is great. And we should do that, but we can also have fun at work. Um, so one of the things that I do is I'm really big into hydration. Um, to the point where like I get a lot of eye rolls because people are always like, here comes Max again, like make, forcing us to drink water. Um, but like I do it for a couple of reasons. One, because I think that like just staying hydrated is important, right? For just basic health needs. Um, two, it gives you a second to have some reprieve and like a little bit of like self-care, especially when we're doing high volume. Like sometimes you need just like a quick second to yourself. One of the chefs that I worked for actually told me once, he's like, when you start getting weeded, when you start getting, feeling like you're going under and you're overwhelmed and you're not, you're starting to get lost. He told me to stop everything that I was doing. It doesn't matter if there was a huge line of tickets behind or a huge line going out the door. Stop what you're doing. Take a drink of water, clean your station and reorganize and come back. And if that takes you five minutes, which is a long time in food and bev, he said, stop it and just do it and recollect and, and collect yourself and gather your thoughts so that you can go back and like do it properly. And that really stuck with me. Like, so I tell them when I go around and I say like hydrate, drink water, um, take a second for yourself. It's, it's not just for like your basic health needs, but it's also to just take a second for your like mental state, mm-hmm. um, which ultimately is good for everyone, right? It's mm-hmm. good for them as, as human beings. It's good for the business. Because they're going to do the right, the correct orders, and it's good for the guests because they're going to get the their proper product and the best possible guest service that they can get. So, um, but yeah, it's going back to the game. It's it's sort of similar to that where it is very much like, you know, let's just have fun. I don't yeah. want to work at a place that's not fun, right? You know right. what I mean. So whatever I can do to help that, and it's nice to. Uh... Uh, recognized people like in a different way. Like there was nothing, what was competitive about that was who was going to get closest to the guests. It wasn't that somebody rang up more coffees than the next person. And now you feel like 
you have some 100%. sort of, yeah, like yeah. you have a quota on yeah. coffee. You know, yeah. it was just simply throwing a dart at the wall. What's yeah. the number of your choice? And, and so there's no pressure. Yeah. You know, it's just like a lighthearted game, but um, yeah. I think it was a really great idea that, that you did that. That's I like cool. that a lot. Um, so one of the last things I wanted to talk to you about, because you and I have had some conversations about how you're, um, you know, going into the winter, things mm. are going to change with COVID and with hotels and probably regulations throughout DC. And you're mm-hmm. trying to be creative and come up with some new ideas for Mercy Me. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, again, part of that trickle down in that uh, leading wherever you are and you've had some ideas and were able to present that to, to the GM. Um, I'm, I'm not sure where you're at with that. I don't want to put any pressure out there, but you know, what, what ideas were you coming uh, to the table with? Are you ex- does it look like it might be something that you'll be working with the GM and the hotel and the, and the bakery? Yeah. Like so we, um, November tends to be a little bit of a slower month, November, December, um, especially if you're in like a major metropolitan area, there's a pretty big drop off of people um, going out of town. You know, obviously now it's going to be less, but we're still anticipating a drop off of business. So what can we do as a company to sort of be innovative and come up with ways to mitigate that loss. So something I'm sort of working on right now is, um, and we're still in the very early stages, but um, working hard on it, is doing some sort of um, catering and out of the cafe. Um, and so what that would look like is more along like the lens of us packaging up platters of pastries or sandwiches and then dropping them off contact free. Um, but doing it more for like the holidays and like packaging up um, things that people don't necessarily, they want from us because we have had it here before and it's, you know, we have a lot of really popular items, um, but we, but then bring it to them. So um, in like a safe way. Um, so I think right, right now we're also doing um, some package deals like within the hotel for like Thanksgiving um, and sort of, trying to ease the pressure and stress of the holidays off of people um, while being safe. And especially nowadays, like we have to really like be diligent about, um, you know, being careful and being taking all the precautions necessary. I think it's a great idea. I think that it's, um, it's nice that, you know, I, I hope it comes to fruition, but, but if not, I think what was so great from a culture standpoint is you weren't afraid to, present an idea that because mercy me is a clearly a main artery of yours truly it's where a lot of the personality and the energy happens right people mm-hmm. come in for a drink they grab a cup of coffee they come for dinner so to have um a further extension of that as we get into the slow months where maybe covid ramps up and people are a little reluctant to come out and, and eat they can mm-hmm. still have the charm of mercy me and the, the, the charm of your staff to a certain extent, you know, they feel that, that love still. So Definitely. And I, uh, think, I, think nice. I think also one thing that was really cool about that and, and was kind of going back to what I was saying earlier, the fact that I was able to sit down with the food and beverage director and the general manager of the whole hotel. And they took the time to like sit down and listen and like actually be like, that's a good idea. Let's move forward with it. Mm-hmm. And to kind of like, it's very empowering. And I want that to be extended to my staff as well. 
they have an idea, they bring it to me. I want to empower them to, to, to be creative, to be able to think outside the box and to not be afraid to come to, you know, their manager or me going to my manager with ideas to like better our space, right? Because it's not just my cafe, it's their cafe, it's our cafe. Mm -hmm. um, Mercy Me is, is, is a community. Um, and so that's something that was really awesome when I presented this idea to them and they were very receptive to it. That was really cool. That is nice. Now see, yeah. it's that strong company culture. It's permeating through the whole building. I love that everybody's getting an opportunity to lead wherever they are. Um, but hands down, I will say you've done a phenomenal job of making the experience in that corner of the hotel, something really special. And, and you can tell that your staff, the team members there are really, um, hospitable, mm -hmm. uh, which you want in a hotel, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but the fact that, um, they're making human connections with people at a time when we really need that. Yeah, so definitely. thanks for Thank being you. a part of that, yeah, Max. 100%. Thank this you. This is great. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on Culture Factor. Thank you for having me. This was wonderful. So that's a wrap. What are you waiting for? Click the link in the show notes and get that 10% off and come to yours truly DC. If you come to stay, you'll be able to also enjoy some of the food and meet this great staff. Thanks from Culture Factor.